Here we are with Broken Worlds, Exalted Gangs of New Gloam, the introduction episode. I am Devin, the referee, and to my left we have X-Plane Y. Nicole playing Boundless Jurisdiction. Ian playing the Gilded Undertaker. Kevin as the Joyous Child of Crystal Mirror. Peter as the Other Way. Anthony as Black Rain Falls Silent. Alright, listeners, so this is a game that is taking place in or using Broken Worlds. Broken Worlds is the RPG made by the author of Kill Six Billion Demons. It is powered by the Apocalypse. We have an entire other Exalted game set in it called Skeleton Keys um, that you can also listen to. So, you know, you have playbooks, and everyone's going to talk about their playbook in a moment and stuff, or later on. It doesn't matter. We've talked about this before. Uh, so, with that said, this is also a game that takes place in Exalted. Exalted is a game that has consistently uh, complicated rules that we don't want to deal with, but has a really nice setting for one and a half of the editions of the three editions that are out <laughs> Like, first edition had pretty good setting lore, but it, it had some stuff in it that was kind of And second edition was so bad that everyone's basically considered it uncanon and garbage, and it was a nightmare and had no oversight. We've talked about that at length. And then third edition goes back to the first edition stuff, and, you know, makes it interesting and neat and cool and stuff, and cuts away a lot of the garbage that used to be in it. Thurish's lore is really good. Um, if you were to buy Exalted books for some reason, I would recommend buying the third edition books for the lore. Uh, also a few choice first edition books, but like you can go to Exalted communities and ask about it. There's a few, but like Games of the Day is a great first edition book to have, and Savage Seas is really um, interesting-ish. Um, and other stuff. Recommendation. And other stuff. I'm not here to talk about that much Exalted. Anyway, Exalted and Broken Worlds are games where you play larger-than-life kung fu demigod action heroes. Um, and that is what the characters in this game are playing. They're larger-than-life kung fu demigod action heroes. The uh, feel of the game is very much old-school myth, sword and sandals, epic of Gilgamesh, the Bible kind of me feel, and like old kung fu movies and stuff, and anime, so much anime, Escaflown, and Gurren Logan and Ninja Scroll, and any anime you could ever think of, people will say is inspiration for Exalted, even though it's not really that true. And also Tanith Lee's Flat Earth and stuff, and The Black Company, and the writings of Jenna Morin, there's just so much for Exalted. Go look somewhere else for it. Not this podcast. We don't go into a lot of detail about what inspires it. We've talked about it in other places. Huh. This specific game takes place in a location in Exalted that we have made up. It is called... The city is called Glory to Namor. But, most people want to call it Glory, but in reality it is called New Gloam. There's a city called Gloam in Exalted. It isn't there anymore. This city exists now, t a few bit later, from refugees who built it up. It is a satrapy, which means it is a place that exists to funnel money into the giant empire in the center of the world. Or, to quote one of the creators, rape all the jade and money out of the area and funnel it to the rich people. What the fuck? That's what, like, city-states are for. Like, if a city-state in our actual living history ever conquered another city, they'd be like, no, no, it's gonna stay there. But everything it ever produces is going to us. It exists to rip out all the natural resources and feed it into our bellies. That's what empires are, writ large. Looking at you, Britain, 
Oh, called out. Yeah. I've called you out, the British Empire, the largest superpower in the world that once existed. Now they're not doing so well, not ever since that Brexit happened. Oh, oh that's not good anymore. That's what did it. Yeah, Brexit did. The Brexit's what destroyed the empire. And nothing else. Don't at me, <laughs> Britain was doing fine as a superpower before Brexit. Nothing bad was possibly happened. Anyway. <laughs> The satrapy of New Glome <coughs> is a city built on a sort of beachy, islandy part in the shadow of large mountains. There's not a lot of place to expand inland because there's mountain ranges there. Uh, again, its creation is a big, weird place. So if you think big, large, weird mountains by a sea area on a large river don't really make sense geography-ly, don't at me. That is how geography works, isn't it? I don't know. I don't no. care. I can't imagine why. It's exalted. It doesn't mountains matter. sometimes go at a left, right, at a right angle to other mountains and don't appear on fault lines because creation's a flat earth and doesn't have fault lines. Sometimes or it does. Sometimes they're upside down on the map. Yeah, why wouldn't they be? That happens in creation. There's a mountain that just floats. Anyway, so to compensate for the fact that building inland more would be a big nightmare, they built up. New Gloom, it has skyscrapers-type architecture and looks very much like uh, any of the cities in Legend of Korra. Even though it's not quite that technologically advanced, it is. You know, they have radio and motorbikes and stuff that looks, you know, turn-of-the-century-ish. But it's not Magitech. It doesn't use, like, essence reactors or magic reactors. It just is there. Don't fucking ask questions about it. We don't care. It's not the point of the game. It's just neat. If you want to say that the radio works because of electricity or steam or little gods or magic, shut up. You don't care. <laughs> make, up an example, make up a reason in your stupid head. People who are looking at it too closely. Um, so yeah, the city is built around skyscrapers. At the core of each skyscraper is a large hybrid tree of like a mighty oak tree and a bamboo shoot. They actually grow fairly large and fairly tall and live fairly long. And they sway. And the skyscrapers are built around this core and also sway slightly at all times. Um, and they have like lighting everywhere, and there are platforms built in around various skyscrapers to keep them more stable and give them like walking areas. Like three skyscrapers might have like a little like disc or, or like like cube around it where people can walk from skyscraper to skyscraper, like 30 floors up. Uh, the rich live at the top of the buildings because there are manual elevators and an endless amount of slave labor because this is a realm satrapy, which means slave labor is a-okay. Um, the realm being, of course, the giant super empire in the middle of the world. This is a little further out, so the, the laws get a little looser and the culture gets a little weirder and unique. Uh, so New Globe has, like, a manual monorail for moving material from the harbor inward into the city. People use it. Uh, there's a lot of manual and, like, machine-operated stuff that's very not quite optimized and probably never will get optimized. This game isn't set in the far future, it's just set in a timeline where the other city of Gloam fell to a trade war. Like, it might just be the year after the Empress goes missing. Who cares? We're not going to focus on it. That's center of the world. The other big thing about New Gloam that's actually important is there is an island, because New Gloam is on the coast, and the coast of a giant, huge river in the middle of the map. And this island... Uh, used to be a port where they would shake down ships coming through and take taxation and imports and censuses off of them. And they were there's a prison on the island that did slave labor because why wouldn't it? It's a realm city. Some event happened in the not too distant past that pushed the island a little bit into hell. 
So this island is now slightly in sync with hell, and you can go onto the island, but getting out of it's a nightmare, because it's actually hard and you have to be magic to get out. So what the city of New Glow did was start throwing people into this place that they didn't, they didn't want to get rid of, and they started actually taking money from other cities in the area and other nations and the realm central to throw their political distance in this hell prison island. It's kind of like Arkham City. It's a giant city island that is a prison that has its own fun culture and stuff in it. <laughs> New Gloom uh, and the prison have gangs they share that have prisoners stuck in the prison and prisoners in the city and like gang members in the city that cause mischief and they're all very colorful and have unique names and stuff and we'll make a whole setting PDF for this to show you guys. We're not going to go down one by one by one by one, but we're going to go through the events of the game and get the player parts. <coughs> so, that is the gist. City with skyscrapers and vague early tech like radios and motorcycles and maybe, you know, transit of some sort. Watch and Legend of Korra. Watch Legend of Korra and get an idea for it. Not everything in Legend of Korra was technology. It was weird and used the numinous supernatural effects of the setting to their advantage, but not in a way that was super mechanized and super efficient. Don't think too hard about it. That gives you brain spiders. <laughs> it's a term to it, brain spiders is a term for exalted. When you think about things so much, you make the setting revolve around the stupid thing you're thinking too hard about. Like someone being like, if a solar crafter with just this charm and well this much could make this, then there go uh, you know this thing they invent like say I don't know the car would be in the entire city and the entire city would have cars and everyone uses cars and now the city doesn't look like it anymore. Or like because look shy in the baseline setting is capable of maintaining and building some skyships. Ergo, skyships should be everywhere, and the city should be a skyship-based setting, because why wouldn't everyone use them? Stupid shit like that, where people ignore the narrative and thematic components of the setting in favor of a very narrow and often wrong point of view. Like, um, in the north, there's people that have skyboats, and they're really specific to make, hard to make, take a lot of materials, and they're like a trade secret, and like you could probably make them in the south, like away from the north, but it'd be a lot of investment, and war machines in the old world actually were a huge time sink. So it'd be like this huge undertaking to do, so they wouldn't spread everywhere. People just see and go, oh, it's spread everywhere. That's what brain spiders are. People not thinking, <laughs> because their brains are full of spiders. Um, so yeah, that is the brief breakdown. Broken worlds, exalted, custom little city, the characters are all involved with the prison and the city in various ways and have goals they want, which we'll get to when we start talking about the characters. So we're going to go to you guys, and the first thing we want to break down is tell us what your characters, you know, are, what they look like, what their exalt type is, and what their playbook is. We'll start, who do we want to start with? Do we, are we, <coughs> are we also talking about, like, the backstory and stuff? We'll do the backstory after we each describe the characters so they can get a picture of their head of those characters. Describe the individual backstory. Yeah, like individual, like brief tagline, including the back, what they look like. They look like, and their personal backstory. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And their cast, exalt, yeah. playbook, etc. Okay. And then we'll do the, the group background, because we use those fucking backstory cards again, listeners, to build a whole concise background. And they're fantastic. So, Nicole, yes. talk to the listeners about your character. Uh, my character's name is Boundless Jurisdiction. Uh, he is a Zenith class cast. Solar Exalt. <laughs> um, he was a policeman on the local police force, uh, but he was basically the only straight-laced cop in the entire precinct, and he found out about some of the dirty doings. So his partner betrayed him, framed him for, I think, a murder, 
and got him arrested, which was easier than it should have been because he's a beast man. He's actually like a crocodile person. He wasn't an exile at the time. I should probably clarify that. He was just a dude. Uh, so yeah, he got put into prison, and that's where he met the people. His given name, of course, isn't Boundless Jurisdiction. That's his exalt name. Uh, he has a different name. That's his real name, but whatever. Uh, for playbook, he is the law. The law is a very fun playbook. Yes. So he's basically still a cult. Yeah. The good also, cult. a little savage dragon vibes. <laughs> a little killer croc vibes. <coughs> um, How'd they look? Do... Huh? How'd they look? Like a crocodile man. Um, with like green... Like, do you have like a snout? Yeah. Not like Killer Croc where he has like a man face? No, it's not like a man face. It's like a more crocodile face. Probably... It's not like one of those really long pointy ones. I think that's alligators. It's like a shorter one. Whatever. You're, you look like a jacked dude with a crocodile And like scales and tail. Like spines and, like... and a tail. And like you don't wear a shirt but you wear pants. <laughs> I wear a shirt and pants because I wear my police outfit still, okay. although it has been bleached white and gold from my exaltation. Of course. Um, <laughs> badge. I have my police badge. Um, yeah, I still wear my uniform and. But your big gun. Yeah, I have a. Usually I use my martial arts to disarm people and everything, you know. Because you are, as a cop, you are, of course, a martial artist. Yes, take it down, <laughs> take them down, like, peacefully. But I also have a great gun, which is. Basically, like a tank mountain, mountain weapon. It's a fire dust cannon. Yeah, it is big and causes a bloody mess when it hits people. Um, do you want me to go over the um, three laws? I think? Yeah, go over the three laws okay. that you follow as a zenith. Yeah. So as, as a as the law playbook, you have three uh, ancient laws from like the old the old laws, what it's called in uh, this thing. That you follow. The first one is killing of innocents is forbidden. Duh. <laughs> the second one is the act of betraying your allies is punishable by beatings or corporal punishment, however you want to phrase that. And the third one is trespassing on the oaths one makes is strictly forbidden. Uh, basically, if anyone breaks those laws, I can basically, even if I have suspicion, I can declare them guilty. And I have powers from it. Drop it, creep. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else do we need to go over? That's good. Okay. All right. Ian, who's back? I uh, yeah. Hello. <laughs> Missed you guys. Just kidding. What a dick Uh no. So I am playing the Gilded Undertaker. I am a liminal. Um. So I'm kind of patchwork looking, but sewn together with jade and gold threads. So it's very fancy dancy. Uh, I play the refined class, which is all about using your own clothes to fight, being very like rich and above people and looking down on them. Yeah, you're it's, like a nobleman. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of hilarious and awesome. Refine is a really cool playbook for being like super, super naturally graceful. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm good at painting and flower arrangement because why not? Not just good, better than anybody. Yes, yes, better than anybody. Uh, no matter what they say otherwise. It actually states in here. <laughs> um, I have a manservant who does things for me. To be named? Yeah, I'll name them later. 
Uh, it'll probably be like Jeeves or something. Wow. It's like a family member, except yeah. he can't leave. Shoo. Shoo or leave. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, as a liminal, uh, you know, a, ch- a Chernozum exalted, uh, one of the Grave Earth, you were accidentally made because someone tried to bring the dead back, and that person yeah. is called a Demiurge. And the Dark Mother basically took that attempt and made it into you, a hero of the dead. So you have a Demiurge, and that Demiurge is out there in the world, and to just kind of talk about that, your character is looking for the Demiurge, because they don't remember what they look like or who they are. Yeah. Yeah, my character doesn't know about their Demiurge, and they... Have an urge to find Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's... Compelled. Yes. That's my character. Male. Yes. Uh, my character's also male. I think that was kind of clear. Okay, um, yeah. I'm playing Joyous Child of the Crystal Mirror. He is a sidereal chosen of Serenity and is a small, young, red panda beastman. He's like 15 years old. He dresses like an immaculate monk of the um, wood aspect and is very much a loyalist to the Blessed Isle as well as the Immaculate Order. Uh, when he was younger, like very young, a like. The Fae basically attacked his village, and he was spirited away by the Sidereals for like trading and stuff. So nobody ever found him, but he's aware that a group of Immaculate Monks reached the village and saved quite a few of the citizens. So ever since then, he's felt very much a admiration for them, and he is very much a believer of the Immaculate Text. He takes very open views about it, in that he does not see um, the Exalted as these great enemies to be fought, but as something that could further enhance the Blessed Isle if peace could be found between them. He's very much someone who believes in a balance between all things. Um, so he is in basically the prison as someone who oversees the religious um, the religious aspect of it. The cha- he's a Cha-pl- chaplain. That's the word. He tries to you know protect the good cops and the good prisoners and tries to find a way to keep everything serene. Also doesn't murder. Also doesn't murder. He is distinctly against wanton murder. He's not going to stop an exalt from doing it because he he's aware that they have that kind of jurisdiction. <laughs> but he also wants to temper their worst aspects because he knows how bad those can get, essentially. <laughs> he is mostly here as an observer and someone who's trying to maintain the peace. Okay, so my character is called The Other Way, he's an infernal uh, fiend, and his playbook is The Master. He's more of a legend than a man, in so that you know, his backstory may be shrouded in mystery. He used to be a, a great martial arts student on the, in the realm, but left on the journey to self-betterment, then re-emerged one day during one of the Sun Calibration tournaments. He managed to win that and challenge the sun himself, but not land a hit on him, and that uh, wasn't enough for him, so he turned to some darker arts. He studied under the Five Days Darkness and eventually became the champion of the Ebon Dragon. Whether he won the exaltation in a game against Aaron Bohr or someone else, or whether the dragon himself smiled upon him, nobody knows. But yeah, after that, he eventually emerged back in the tournament fought the sun again, managed to hold his own for a while, and even land a hit on him before deciding, okay, that's enough, I sh- and, you know, forfeiting with his little victory. And ever since that, he established his own dojo, 
of his uh, martial arts style, the left hand path. It's named after his left hand, the hand that touched the sun, nice. and also other connotations. And he's an older fellow. He's got a he looks a little bit like Fu Manchu, so the long mustache, long beard, dressed a little bit archaically for the times, perhaps. You know, like a sifu. Uh, yeah, he and yeah, his left hand is that of the Ebon Dragon, basically. So it's like draconic and stuff. That's him. Awesome. Um, I am playing. Look, a... it's Anthony. Oh, hi, <laughs> everyone! Yay! Yes, I'm playing Black Rainfall Silent, a Nightcast Abyssal with the... Daycast. What was it? I thought it was Nightcast. No, Nightcast Abyssal is a solar Abyssal is Daycast. Oh. <laughs> it means the same thing, but it's called Daycast. Oh, okay. Abyssals were Cause unimaginatively named. Okay, <laughs> sorry, Daycast. I'm sorry to derail that. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, so that's cool. I'm going to name myself Alucard, despite my dad, Dracula. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Cast. Okay, well, yeah, so I'm playing the Hunter uh, playbook, so I'm going for assassin-type character. Um, snuck into the prison. And that's where I kind of met everybody to try and do my thing, I guess. Um, trying to, you know, find fame and renown through killing. <laughs> so, sorry, I'm bad at I'm going to help you along here because, you know, it's fine. Uh, so your character knows that in, um, in the city of New Loam and the Prison Island, the Prison Island is, uh, of course, named... Peaceful Restful Island, or the PRI, the prison. Uh, Peaceful Restful Island, the Demon Prison, and New Globe, the city, have the eight most famous assassins in the East living in it, operating in it. And if you kill these eight famous assassins by challenging them and paying them their fee to challenge them, you can go up into the rankings as the number one assassin in the entire East, maybe in the world. Yeah. That, that about right? Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and Anthony's character is also my student, under my tutelage, and so on. So yes, that's Anthony's character exalted during the prison break to yes. leave the prison at the start of the game. Yes, so, so you're recently exalted. Yes, you're learning under a master, a demon master. So perhaps let's go over the recent history. What does your character look like? Um, I don't know, she's in like her late twenties, dresses in like warrior's garb with black blacks and purples, uh, fights with a rapier. That's like kinda like looks like a, a long, thick needle almost. Awesome. It's perfect. Alright, so we used the backstory cards to build a comprehensive timeline for this game to, to talk about where the characters were and how they know each other and to kind of set off where they are at. So, um, do you guys want to kind of dive in and just talk amongst yourselves about that to the listeners? Should we, I guess we we'll go over one by one, or? That seems like the best <laughs> way to do this, otherwise it's just going to yeah. be a hodgepodge of Yeah. So, our story starts around the violent political rally. Yes, event one, the violent <laughs> political rally. So, Anthony. So, I sparked a conflict between the president and the demiurge. And My so, Demiurge. Yes, Not yes. um, resolved, and I killed a patient, which was the president's running mate of the Demiurge, and got him thrown into prison. So, the Demiurge of Ian's is a doctor who was in New Gloom, and when we say president, we mean a satrapy, who's the, the person that runs this city. They had a running mate or a vice satrapy or like a second in command that was helping them consolidate power. And 
because he was a patient of that Demiurge guy, who no one knows is Demiurge, it's just something we call him, the Demiurge. Um, Anthony's character killed that guy and pinned it on Ian's creator, and Ian's creator got thrown into fucking prison. Hell prison. Oops. Yep. Okay, so um, after he was thrown into prison, the child kind of took him in, decided to protect him, because A, he's a good doctor, and B, he's pretty sure he's, you know, innocent of the crime he was accused of, and C, a lot of weird threads of destiny like on this guy so he keeps him in you know he just protects him from you know his enemies mm-hmm. just gonna pause real quick all right we're back okay um i was with peter's character at a gambling parlor and during the political rally and the point of view i was on the side of the president, I want reform the in this. Yeah, the satrapy. Yep. I want reform in the city, and this caused a bit of a kerfuffle in the gambling parlor, as many people disagreed with that, obviously. Um, so we don't go there anymore because, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> to contextualize this, the gambling parlor is Peter's main hangout. It's where he likes to go. Was <laughs> in the city. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> Not in the world. So now that because of... Now, the violent political rally, we should also contextualize that because we have these short names for it as we're building. Uh, when the satraps assistant, like second command, was murdered, it caused a riot because people used that as kind of the pressure point to freak out about the prison and how people keep getting thrown in there without really a lot of trial or whatnot. Also, it's a hell prison. It's a hell prison and stuff, and it's like an abomination. People, people don't come out of the prison ever. Like, right? it's a... So it's creating this huge fucking, like, like pressure on the city and riot and stuff. And, like, the sad trip's like, okay, we'll reform it. We'll tone it down a bit. And other people are like, well, no, I'll take over using my family backing. We'll crack down on them. We'll crack down on these rioters and you'll get back to work. Yeah. And now it's creating, like, people freaking out. Because the, crime, the criminals use the prison as a great way to, like, enrich their lives. <coughs> so, yeah, we... Uh, like myself, Ian, and the other two came also showed up at that uh, gambling parlor. There was a host in there, and yeah, we're we're not going there anymore since the violent political rally. Yeah, I guess Kevin basically pulled their ass out of fire there. Yeah, <laughs> it just kind of appears like okay, if we're leaving now. I'm an immaculate monk. Don't kill these guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just act natural. Yeah. Um, also, during the political rally before my character was arrested. Uh, I was also for prison reform. It seems like it's fairly corrupt. And I was very surprised to find that Ian's character, who, oh, is, a, who is all stitched up and also a nobleman. Kind of part rich of the person. Like he's part yeah. of the rich person cast, was also pro prison reform. That's very surprising. Usually the rich don't give a shit about that. So, uh, a friendly guy. <laughs> so yeah, Ian showed a side of himself I was not expecting. Yep. Um, after his pre- his running mate died, or well, was assassinated, um, the president needed money to fund his election. So, being the wonderful nobleman I am, I funded his elect re-election. And election is in giant quotation marks because it's a satrap, so they have political power from the realm to be in charge of the satrap. Yeah, yeah. buy for power. I I funded his buy for power. Yeah. And because of this, he gave me a all-access pass to the prison. I can go in and out as much as I want, whenever I want, and no one's going to argue with that. Um, 
this made us even as my character does not hold you know long-term things they're like if you do something for me and i do something for you even not gonna hold it over your head and yeah um so i believe the my uh, partner and the police that are super corrupt in the city uh use stuff stuff that happened during the revolt or the, the riot, riot. Uh, to frame my character, and that's what got me thrown in jail. Uh, after I was thrown in jail, one of the gangs in the prison called Namon the Rockers sent people to kill me because I'm a cop. Cop in prison. Right? Uh, so they sent people to kill me and Peter, maybe because they know you, maybe because you're with me, I'm not yeah. sure where that was from. But they sent people to kill us. Um, I actually exalted from that because I we were losing, I was close to dying, I exalted, kicked their butts, uh, and I spared their lives. I basically brought the main one back to Naaman's Rockers. It turned out it was the uh, child, son or daughter, whatever, of the leader of the gang. So they like me now. <laughs> They're like, you spared his life, that's oh, great. Yeah. And also you have this new commanding presence. And you're clearly not a corrupt-ass cop. <laughs> so after Bandless Jurisdiction was arrested, uh, child kind of latched onto them and feels very responsible for them because they're... A, a solar, and also be one of the very, very good cops in the city. Like, one of the very few. So, he's seeing all those kind of threads attached there as well. So he's taking it upon himself to, you know, help guide him along. Um, and that's also what led to when I attempted to confront the warden way before I was ready, because I did not quite understand the situation. Whoa, dude, you're only Essence 1. What are you doing? <laughs> I, uh, I guess I was feeling conceited because I had the, all this new power, so I went to go try to fight the Warden, because that means that I get to be part so, of my crimes. to contextualize <laughs> yeah. that, there are many gangs on the prison island, and those gangs are divided into, like, the directional blocks, and each block has a king, has a king criminal that's super powerful that controls that section. And they report to the warden, as do the guards and all the other staff. The warden is an enigmatic, mythic figure that no one knows the name or appearance of. And if you wish to leave the prison island through the front door, you have to kill the warden. The most powerful person in the prison, of course. Because only the most powerful person could be warden of this prison. And if you beat them, not only do you get to leave the prison, but all of your crimes are exonerated. Because the strong rule... For reference, Rikio, the story of Ricky. Yes, please watch Rikio, the story of Ricky. It's on YouTube uh, in various translations, and it's a fucking madhouse. That's a strong inspiration for this game. Yes, yes that and Ongback and Arkham City. Yes. Um, Three core inspirations. So yeah, I went to go take on the strongest person in the Yeah, city. you went right to the warden's like prison castle. Way too fucking early. Kevin's character was like, whoa, 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 whoa. You need to chill out and... uh back away from that. Yeah, he definitely thinks that, like, balanced jurisdiction can do it, it's just not yet. Yeah. You're the perfect person to reform this prison by going and killing the shit of the previous one. To kill the warden, they say first, or no, to kill the warden, what you have to do right beforehand is fight the five divine uh, uh, crime lords for each direction, for they each know a secret to the warden's power that can undo him. But to fight them, you have to beat the gang bosses that live in each one of their directions. And to do that, you have to work your way up the gangs. But also to get close enough to the warden's castle, you have to go through the parole board, the laundromat, the laundrymen, the commissary, the food line, and then the guards and the elite guards at the heart of the castle. 
And once you go through all of that and work your way up, you can fight the war. You have to beat up everyone. <laughs> the, the prison island has its own demon ecology that's unique to it, which includes first, second, and at least two third circle demons that kind of hang out in it. You don't have to beat them all in, but understanding those demons and the ecology of them also helps you understand the warden's power. So yeah, I hadn't done any of that shit, so... <laughs> yeah. I didn't do any of that Breath of the Wild, Fight the Divine Beast bullshit. <laughs> Okay, so I needed to confront the doctor, Demiurge, whatever, but I needed, I got poisoned, I needed Solar's help Yes. to get unpoisoned. Yes. <laughs> uh, basically, I vouched for, Anthony's character was poisoned, probably a rival assassin, or who knows, and I, I basically- I think it was actually the doctor, because- I don't think it was the doctor, he didn't hate, know yet, he didn't know. Don't they hate me for- he didn't know yet. Oh, he didn't know that you framed him. Okay. Yeah, uh, so what happened was, you were fucking poisoned, but the doctor's like, she's clearly like some kind of assassin chick, I'm not gonna, like, what the fuck? <laughs> she's wearing assassin symbols. <laughs> I was like, calm down, it's fine, I'm sure she's a good person, you know, I've only ever seen her kill bad people, it's fine. So please just help her, you're a doctor, you should help people. So he did, unpoisoned you. And then he goes into the fight. Oh yes, uh, you know, so gracious about being. Oh my god! Unpoisoned. The next step, you tried to kill a child. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Literally the same day, no, he had a hit in the chapel, and the child was there. Yeah. yeah, but still, he tried to kill the child. Well, the child attacked me. There were so, witnesses. So yeah, there was uh, you know someone in the chapel who was a target, and he tried to stab him, and then you know. Panda Kid just picked up a giant bench and tried to beat him, beat her with it because Sidereal. Uh, it kind of permanently warped the church in that there's weird echoes and it's just kind of not quite a uh, sinkhole of you know Oopies. yeah into the abyss but close. But now we have an understanding and a healthy respect for one another. <laughs> Big foreshadowing. So and then I brought Ian in to help. Retrieve something of personal importance. What did we? I, uh, I guess that we discussed what it was, but I don't remember what it is. I don't think we discussed. It wasn't written what down. It was. You probably <laughs> left something in the chapel, and you were like, "I can't go back in there again." That small child was so angry. <laughs> There's a grumpy panda in there. I, I think what happened was you saw Ian, who has free reign, because like. There's obviously a way people come in and out of the prison that the, the dynasts have, and they've given it to Ian. And so you're like, I can use that. And then you're like, whoa, dude, you're looking for something special, obviously, and I know important people in this prison. And that's why you got in touch with Ian's character, because you brought him into the fold, into the circle of these conspirators who were building it. Yeah. yeah. I would assume the personal importance is just, like, information on the prison. people in the know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and you offer him some body parts. Yeah, we, we kind of glossed. <laughs> okay, that's, that's oh. really cliche. Okay. And um, meanwhile, while I was in prison, you know, I did see that panda child, and it reminded me of my old student that was also a panda person. And, you know. That's racist. He's red panda beast, man. The other way has his. Oh, was he actually? I thought he was just like his attitude or something. Not all yeah, no, It was really on the nose. They reused the character sheet, <laughs> the art in the animation. I mean, it's not the first time Kevin played a red panda, so. <laughs> it's literally the same, the same character every time. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many spiteful red panda people in this game. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, one so. previous <laughs> And then a prison, prison break happened. Yeah, so you guys figured out how to break out of the prison without using the front door. Um, just you did. 
and it's actually going to be your base. There, there's a small base in between the prison and the city underground, like that goes through the river, that you're using as your base of operations. So you did a prison break, and during the prison break, a bunch of stuff happened. Um, I learned, I gained, like after talking with Anthony and some of the other prisoners and whatnot, I learned that my Demiurge is someone in the prison. I don't know who it is yet, but I know they're in there. So it really drove home my goal of I need to find them because before I wasn't looking extremely hard. I was obviously looking, but not. No you, had no, you had no lead, Yeah, I had so no lead. Now you have so, a lead. Yeah. Um, I helped out with the prison break. Unfortunately, I was too sloppy and they saw my face and now the police know that, you know. You escaped. I'm breaking in and out of prison with or without other people. Was it sloppy, or were you just looking for attention because you want to be the number one assassin? <laughs> so yeah, after the break, I held, well, me and Anthony were on the run, and I managed to hide us both, and he still hasn't repaid me for that favor. I'll repay you with blood. <laughs> and during the prison break, uh, that was kind of the first time a child met Ian's character. And he was also surprised by, you know, the kind of person he wound up being, where he was, like, helping people rather than just concentrating on escaping. Everyone's so surprised. <laughs> well, I mean, you're like a nobleman who was, like, in the middle of a prison riot. He expected you to, like, run to the guards and said you were, like, helping you're people. You're rich and an exile. You should be a dick. Yeah, so now he's keeping an eye on you as well, while simultaneously having an eye kept on him by the warden for um, yeah. dealing with yeah. jurisdiction. Um, during the prison break, Anthony's character exalted. Uh, so I witnessed that, and of course, with his type of exaltation, knowing things about his past and knowing things about his exaltation is not good, so we just don't talk about it. You're in liege to a death lord. Yeah. That's all of the backstory cards. Yep. That's it. So yeah, that's kind of the, the nice conspiracy and background that all the characters have. They know each other, they're connected. And when the game starts, uh, in session one, which will be, I guess, a week from when you hear this, listeners, or the very next episode, depending on the timeline, um, we will launch with whatever the players want to do, because Broken Worlds is a power of apocalypse game, is player fed. So their goals. So we got goals like Nicole trying to take down the warden, Ian trying to find his demiurge, Kevin trying to reform the prison and take down the, the real pain points in it that make it a miserable place. Peter trying to subvert the prison and make it work for him. Establish the dojo in the prison, you know. Take down other dojos, dojos which exist. Yeah. And Anthony's, of course, looking to fight the eight famous assassins and get in contact with them to pay them to fight them. <laughs> so you you're them to fight them. Yeah, you, you, have, to, you have to. Pay, can I pay them to fight No more heroes. For me. It's no more heroes. We ripped off. I'm using music from it. So okay. all you have to do, you, you have two things you're doing in the game, basically. Gather wealth from when they're doing stuff, and then using that wealth to get a meeting to fight one of the assassins. <laughs> so I basically have to hire a hit on myself to yes. yeah. get a chance to fight these assassins. That's the only way they'll fight you. Oh my god, that is metal, right? That's actually, yeah, they're assassins. They have they to, don't <laughs> yeah, I'll, to do it. I'll hire them, and they have to find me. Yeah, and there's an in-between. And then I can fight on my turn. <laughs> that's right. Or you go to their arena. Yeah. Like, that's cool. Yeah, they have arenas. Yeah. The, they'll have arenas. <laughs> 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 the dojos. 
<laughs> it's just a cardboard box you have to get into with him. Right. Circling <laughs> back, though. Oh, to Kevin. He didn't talk about his playbook. <laughs> oh, mine's the beggar. It's one based around... The beggar? Beggar. 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 Not like a safe. Okay, Mr. Walrus. <laughs> and it's basically about being weird and subversive and using improvised weaponry. The beggar and the master are kind of the best serial inspirations in the game, along with the hunger and the refined and... All of them. All of them. They're all around. <laughs> the beggar and the master are at the top. But all the other restrooms are like a close second because they're all really good for sidereals. They're all really good for everything. In, in various little ways. So, yeah. I think that's everything. Yes. So, at this point, we'll probably wrap it up. Uh, that is the intro to Gangs of New Gloam. Um, this is, uh, this is of course, it's not a feature-length game. Feature-length games are the ones that run like three, four hours per recording. This runs 60 minutes and under. It is one of our, um, I don't know what to call the non-feature-length ones. Bite-size, short ones. Shorts. Shorts, Snackable. consumables. I don't know. I haven't figured it out. I should have, like, four months ago when Skeleton Keys came out. So, I was Devin. Nicole. Ian. Kevin. Peter. Anthony. And this is sponsored by Nobody. With Ian and Anthony back after a year, <laughs> signing off.